Hi, I'm Margot Moss from Midnight Menu Plus One. And before tonight's show, I just wanted to make a few points. Uh, if you love radio and you listen to our show and you're interested in sales, please contact me at margot at com, and I will personally hand your name off to our sales team. Also, if you uh, listen to us on Stitcher or iTunes, please take a moment to rate us. It helps people find our show, and we'd really appreciate it. Also, if you would like to own, be part owner in the New Orleans to Algiers Ferry, check us out at itsneworleans.com or go to our Facebook page and learn how you too can participate in the incredible ownership of the Algiers Ferry. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Canada. And I'm Margot Moss. We are here at Ted's Frost Hop on Claiborne and Calhoun in Uptown New Orleans. And once a week, Margot and I meet here at Ted's and we invite a member of New Orleans restaurant and food community to join us. And we invite them to bring along a friend, a plus one. And we never know who that plus one's going to be. It could be a colleague, a neighbor, um, their yard man, could be anybody. But in just a few moments, we're going to find out. We're going to be talking to our very special guest and we're excited to have with us tonight on Midnight Menu Plus One. Ronnie Evans of Blue Oak out of Grits Bar. Very excited. Can't wait to, uh, to talk to him. But first, I was wondering, Margo, what exciting things did you do this week? Well, I did some exciting things, but it was not in New Orleans. That's all right. I had a, a, a great meal in Destin, Florida at this place called Louie Louie. That's a great name. <laughs> and it is... Uh, a, l- a little restaurant on the main road that is by the same guy who owns Red Red Bar, Red Bar, Red Bar in Grayton Beach. It's been there a long time. Well, this is uh, they have five things on the menu, and it was packed and it was amazing. What'd you have? Well, I had uh, crab cakes. Yum. And uh, it comes with a house salad, which was like a tomato basil vinaigrette, which I'd never had before. And he was so generous. The owner was so charming and generous. He gave me the recipe for the... Uh, Did you ask for it or was he just handing it out? No, I asked for I Well, <laughs> I played a little... I, we were trying to figure out what was in the salad. Uh, and I got oregano and uh, a few things. So he gave it to me. All so right. I thought that was really great, and it was wonderful. So how cool. was your week? It's good. A few minutes ago, I, I went to uh, Ba Chi, I think it's called, maybe. It's the new one on Maple. And, you know, I'll tell you, here's the thing about Fa Fo, however we say it, places in New Orleans. I'm getting fed up with them in general. I'm really oh, wait, 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 wait. Are you going to bash them? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this around. You, you take okay. away the surprise now. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> in general, I'm sick of them. Here's what they're like. They're like nail salons in New Orleans. Every time someplace closes, a new place, a nail salon opens in its place, right? 
there have been, I think the number is something like 645 new nail salons in the up neighborhood of Uptown. <laughs> there are. There are more nail salons than there are uh, cars in Uptown. It's unbelievable. And there's more faux or fa places now than there are nail salons. I think there's something like, the, the stat I, I counted, something like 4,755 <laughs> new faux places on Magazine Street alone. Okay. And it's driving me crazy. Have you eaten the, Wait, wait, hold a second. One more thing. The mayor, right? We all know that the mayor and the city council have been cracking down on new bars. It's impossible to open up a new bar or music venue, and they want to shut them all down in New Orleans. Why don't they shut down the nail salons? That would be a start. That could help the culture here. Shut down the nail salons. Okay. Just the new ones. Just the, old the nail ones are, salons. No, no. The old ones that are already here, I'm not attacking anybody in particular. Just don't let any new ones open, please. Please, no more nail salons. And faux places, too. Except Bachi. Bachi, I went to, I was skeptical. What happened was we were going to, we were going to another place and we got there, a sushi place that we like very much, Kokoi on Maple. And it was, it's, it's very nice. And, we, and they have great uh, happy hour uh, specials for the kids, like a half price and all this. We get there, they're closed on Monday, we forgot. So just on a whim, as we're driving down Maple, the first place that was open was this new place that replaced another place we didn't like quite as much. And we go in, and I'm, I'm kind of dejected about it. I'm getting so fed up with the, with the fa-fo, whatever. It, it's good. It's just it's too much, too much. So I go in, and uh, I thought it was magnificent. Maybe I was just in the mood for it or whatever. I don't know. But I got a giant bowl. It was, like, about the size of a, a good-sized salad bowl for, like, a whole family. Uh-huh. That, was the, that was the size portion, seriously. And I got the, um, the rare, what's it called, the rare shank or something like that, and the um, and, uh, brisket. And it was like eight dollars. I mean, it was you know maybe a dollar more than a couple of the other places, but it was so good. And then I watched the other table though. What ruined it for me was I I uh, I, I was envying the other table. The other table <laughs> was this really cute couple, and they had um, the uh, short ribs, which are kind of hard to get in New Orleans a lot of times, with a big, big, delicious-looking pile of kimchi. And um, and I was really kind of excited. Anyway, I, I know it's a long story, I, but you look, I talk fast. I, I pack five times as many words, and I gave like five stories. <laughs> but anyway, I, I recommend going to that place. I really liked it a lot, and the whole family did. All four of us liked it. My son's sandwich was five fifty, and it was huge. It was basically like almost a whole po' boy of like a chicken, um, you know, kind of uh, Vietnamese po' boy, basically. Bon me. Bon me, that's it, that's it. So I ate there for lunch today. Did you like it? I, I've place? eaten there several times. Yeah, well, I'll tell you. They are the <laughs> family of, uh, it's the son and daughter-in-law of, um, that has Tondin on the West Bank, which okay. is one of my favorite There you go. Okay, places. so they knew what they were doing. It seemed so, like they knew what they were doing. Yes, they okay. have a lot of experience, and they've hipped it up and, and moved right. to, to Maple, Maple, uh, Maple Street, yeah. I love Maple and, Street. Uh, so I'm glad you, you enjoyed it, and it's not one that you want to shut down because I love it. Yeah, and I'm that's great. Okay. Well, is our guest here yet? All right. Our, looks like our special guest is here, Margo. The one, the only, Ronnie Evans. Yes, How are you? Appreciate y'all having me. It's, uh, glad to be here with a cool glass of refreshing root beer, and uh, looking forward to it. All right. So you're the founder of co-founder of Blue Oak. Right. It's Grits. a bar can you tell us about it yes sir it's it's me and my partner philip mosley and uh you know it, it's kind of like a little permanent barbecue pop-up inside grits which is uh at 5 30 lines just off chop tool is a couple blocks away from uh, napoleon and we're coming up on a year now so it's uh it's been pretty good pretty good little run at first so we're uh we're just plugging away all right what was there before uh well originally grits 
was just grits the bar. Like it was, it's a really divey place. Uh, Ray's Ray wrote a pretty good little review on an Urban Spoon, but uh, you know, real hole in the wall place. It used to be a pool hall, and I think actually like a brothel way back in the day. But that's huh. that's going back way before us. That's what brought you to that that vibe. Brought you into the. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> being a young college guy in New Orleans during the summertime, Grits was a, a late night spot for us to go to. We always knew that they had a restaurant. They actually had a couple third parties come in and uh, kind of do their thing, which they kind of failed, I guess. And we we tried to do the same. We've luckily been the most successful one, and. Uh, you know, just kind of got lucky. Now, what makes you the most successful one? None of them lasted a year? Yeah, like the, I guess the concepts weren't right or the the food they were putting out wasn't that great. And, you know, we, Phil and I, are every time we're serving food, it's either one of us. So, you know, whatever we put out, we know we're doing it right. So, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's been successful thus far and we've got some catering going and, you know, we're starting to do lunch now. So, it's, it's, we're doing pretty well. So how does that work? I mean, do you like rent the space from the bar at a flat rate or do you give them a percentage of uh, the sales? Or like uh, basically the way it goes is we cut them a percentage and it's that covers all overhead. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a nice safety net for us so that whenever, uh, <clears throat> you know, if, if it's slow that night, you know, we're, we're, we're all right. We don't have to worry about any like rent or, you know, insurance. It's all covered. So it's kind of a good way. It's a good, great way for us to get started and kind of learn the tricks of the trade and, and figure stuff out. So it's, uh, you know, it's been a great learning experience for us thus far, and we're just kind of going along. So tell us a little bit about what you serve. It's, well, it's all barbecue? For the most part, it's, bar- it's like more of a barbecue focus. I wouldn't say it's like exclusively barbecue. Uh, kind of our staples, we do smoked wings burgers pulled pork and then we do like some like different stuff like we do like shrimp and fish tacos that aren't really like anything related to barbecue but it's Mm -hmm. just kind of like to adapt to the bar setting that we're in just kind of like bar food i guess and uh you know it's predominantly barbecue but we kind of try to give it like a little bit of a pub food kind of feel to it Uh uh-huh so it's it's uh it's good i mean it's it's a little different you know uh, it works out. Now, how many years you went to Tulane then? No, I went to I went to Alabama. Oh, you went and to that's, Alabama. Wait, that's so, why, so what about the college and going there? And oh, I was saying uh, I'd mentioned that uh, Phil, my partner, went to LSU, and we've been good friends since we we're in fifth or sixth grade, like best friends ever since we've basically known each other. And uh, he went to LSU. I went to Alabama. So the LSU Alabama rivalry is alive and well in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, and, and, and pretty much the entire Grits bar is, is anti-Alabama, so it's always fun to, to get some good banner and smack talk going. Uh-huh. So it's fun. But uh, that's, that's kind of where I learned how to cook barbecue. In, I, in Alabama? Right. I, uh, oh. I worked at a barbecue joint in Alabama, and it's considered like Alabama style, which is uh, pretty much all pork. So it's like pork shoulder and ribs are like the staples of like Alabama barbecue. So basically went there and kind of learned some tricks of the trade and, you know, saw how they do things and, you know, a lot of slow roasting, slow smoking roasting. And, uh, you know, I think we put out a great product and it's it's a little different from what other people around the area are doing. So it's 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 been good. Great. So yeah. this is your first this is your first business of your own. Yes. You're not working for somebody else. Yeah. We uh, 
This is the first one we started. Originally, we came, we were looking around, like, desperately trying to find something, maybe something small and easy to where, like, we didn't have to invest a lot of money to start. And Grits, like, somehow kind of fell on our laps, and, you know, it's, we're, 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 we're going. Now, are you um, from Alabama, or you grew up no, here? No, I'm, I'm born and raised here. I guess I'm, like, yeah. Born and raised in New Orleans, uh. I left to go to Alabama and, and lived there for until I graduated. I was graduating in four years, which I guess is kind of early now. Everybody's kind of <laughs> doing the five-year plan. Especially at Alabama. Yeah, there's there's a little a lot of partying going on there and a, lot, <laughs> a whole lot of football. But uh lived there for four years. And then there's actually the, the same barbecue restaurant I worked in in Tuscaloosa. They have one in Vail. Uh, it's called Moe's Original Barbecue. And I had the opportunity to go live up there for a couple of years and did and moved up there right after I graduated college and did you miss New Orleans oh absolutely uh Vail Vail is an incredible place to visit and to live I, I enjoyed the hell out of it but I mean there's there's nothing quite like New Orleans and the thing that was missing most I think was the uh the lack of food the food like scene there was kind of weak so uh it, it was, it was a great place, but coming back here to eat the food in New Orleans is like there's nothing quite like it. So, now is anybody in your family in the food business, or what? What steered you in that direction? Um, I've always been like a huge food person. My family is like, I guess we're considered like all foodies. I guess like my parents. I grew up really lucky to. My parents always took us out to like restaurants, and we ate all the time like every sunday we'd go to uh crescent city steakhouse like nice big family style meal you know like a bunch of porterhouses and sides and you know that that uh like food's always been a huge part of our family so i mean it's it's something that i always had a passion for and uh figured i'd take a swing at it and it's you know it's it's a tough business especially in this environment where it's so competitive and there's Mm -hmm. so much good quality food but uh you know, it's it's something that I I could see myself doing for the rest of my life. So that's kind of why I'm why I'm doing it. Great, and yeah. it's got to be fun being in Grits. You're our first you're our first guest we've had that has a pop up out of a bar, oh. and it's cool that it's one of my favorite bars in the world. I mean, the first time I went in there, there was a guy dressed as like a Viking, you know, and he was I think it was <laughs> like a kickball league. And the different captains of the teams were having it was like the uh, Hall of Justice or something like one of, one of the superhero movies, you know. They're all sitting around a table and they're all in different costumes and they're like gladiators and uh, Vikings and like whatever. And it was and just then, a normal day, right? Yeah, it but here's the thing. Like then there was a bunch of roller girls over in the corner in civilian clothes and they were just like drinking beers. And then there was like a dart league going on somewhere else. And I was there with some Rolling Elvi who were rehearsing some dance things for the Jailhouse Rockers. And there was a bunch of old men at the bar that were just ignoring it all, you know? <laughs> and I was like, all right, this is like 18 different bars stuffed into yeah, one. Yeah, like all and walks then, of life. And then there was a dog in there, and the dog climbed up on top of the picnic table where my friend had her purse and was rifling through her purse <laughs> looking for mints or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> little dog. No, I like, smell something. So basically, most of your clients are drunk. Uh... I, I would mean, I'm say, not saying all those people, but but that's well kind of or crazy. <laughs> well, no, I, nothing I said indicates they were drunk. Just crazy, right? So. No, well, late night. There's <laughs> there's definitely a late night scene where I'd say majority of the people have had some, some uh, pretty good amount of booze in them. But what I mean, time do y'all open up? Uh, we usually open up about six thirty, 
Uh, we're 6.30 Monday through Friday, and we usually close about 11. Or Monday through Thursday, we close about 11. And then the, the late night thing, we would stay up until 4. On Friday and Saturdays? Right, Friday and Saturday night all, alone. So, so you open seven days, though? No, we're closed Sunday. Sunday, oh, Sunday we're closed, okay. yeah. Uh, so it's one of y'all working, you or Phil, working every night. Right. And so it's what we always just like. So Schwartz. have you become a drunk? <laughs> no. You, okay. Well, you know, being in New Orleans, <laughs> you do, that's already like in your blood. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Not Just kidding. But uh, no, we, we try to boost uh, as limitedly as possible uh, on the job. But, you know, their, their shots may get poured every now and again. But <laughs> we don't like to talk about that too much. Well, it looks like your plus one is here, and I recognize him. Coincidentally, I was just, uh, this is David Stitcher, is it not? Unless, it's, unless you have a doppelganger. And, uh, this I, is Dave Stitcher. I was just talking about him ten minutes nope, before you got me. here, and I said, <laughs> I, I identified him as one of the five most interesting people in the world. And I know the other four, so, I mean, I, yeah, I basically know all the interesting so people in the world, and he's one so of them. So you brought one of the, his top five. That, that's impressive. I, mean, I'm, 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 I guess you. I'm in good graces right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I brought Dave. I, I was just, we were talking about we wouldn't have had a drink at Robert's. Uh, I was drinking a soda pop. He was not. <laughs> it was well, it had soda in it. Yeah, we'll <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for having me, guys. Yo, intr- introduce him. Tell tell us what. Uh, uh, yeah, what why did you bring you Dave? Uh, is my mystery guest, and and for good reason. He uh, his wife was a uh, a bartender at Grits, so we spent a lot of time together. Dave was always over there on weekends helping her out, and we spent a lot of a lot of time together. Uh, Hanging out and playing darts and watching football and it's true. Yeah, she uh, uh, she worked uh, during the football season uh, Saturday and Sunday, and then I'm also in a dart league there on on Tuesdays, and kickball league on Mondays. So yeah, so I, see I, you live so I pretty much live there. So <laughs> you might as He's well got a hammock in the back. You might as well be friends with the people in the ki- in the kitchen of your home. So yeah, right, because you don't watch when they're making the food. That's right. Yeah. You, don't, you don't know what they're you doing. Keep them, you want to keep them straight. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, their their wings, best wings I've ever had in my life, and I've had wow. a lot of wings wow. in my life. I'm kind of a connoisseur. Is the smoked wings you talking about? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the smoking is my favorite part. I would have to say. Uh oh, you all right over there? Running it sounded painful. Yeah, she's having um, fun. But yeah, so because the smoking, so they're they're already cooked because they smoke them. And, and the frying just puts the crisp on them, and then the sauces that they make are outstanding. And now, do they have buffalo wings? You do straight on traditional buffalo wings? No, it's no? just they're just smoked. Uh, we like brine them, smoke them like it's basically we call it par smoking. So it's basically like you cook it to just under being finished, and then the frying finishes them, and, and nice. you know, so it leaves them a nice crispy skin, and uh, and it, it leaves a great product, and people seem to like it. Um, it's probably one of our top three sellers. That and like our our smoked burgers that we do the same kind of concept. We smoke that like par smoke them and then kind of finish them on the grill. That's kind of interesting. You and, smoke uh, the burgers. Yeah, and and I, I think I don't who know else does that? Smoking. I don't think what anybody does. I, uh, I can't. I don't think I've ever had a smoked burger. Have you? I've besides had them. There? Yeah, they're really good. I mean, besides there, besides there, no. I've never heard of a smoked burger. Uh, it was new to me too, but it's it's worth a try. And do oh, you wow. smoke them there? You have a smoker. Yeah, we do. We used to have you a. You built uh, it, or is it a, like a? It's a. It's a like it's a, in like it's basically like a, just a commercial smoker that we bought. So it's got like a firebox on the bottom, and you basically just feed it wood, and it's got a, a gas burner, 
to where you, you set a temperature on it, mm -hmm. and if it ranges anywhere out of that temperature range, the fire, like the burner, will kick on. And uh, basically, like, so you keep a pretty consistent heat. So cool. it's basically like... How long does it take to smoke a burger? Uh, usually it's about 15 minutes. 15 minutes, all right. So and it's still pretty than, soft, uh, so it's, it's grill, basically, huh? like, rare. And we finish it to where it's medium. So you finish it on the grill then? Right. Yeah, just, like, crisp up both sides, and then we... Our, our house burger is, uh, it's called the 44 burger for Super Bowl 44 uh, on the Saints one. And uh, it's barbecue sauce, caramelized onions, and pickles. Really basic, like very simple, but it's really good. And uh, we've got a nice wildflower bun that we use with it from uh, Susan Spicer's Bakery. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's a really good burger. I mean, that's uh, kind of like, I just thought about it one day. I was like driving to work. Like, we are just starting, and, and, like, I was like, man, let's smoke some burgers. And we did, and people Why does everybody like, do that? Everybody's got, a lot of people have smokers. Why doesn't anybody else smoke a burger? That is a good I question. I don't know. I'm not sure. It and may I'll, start tonight. Uh, now, they, they this, probably this will. This might start the trend. Yeah. Can like you taste the wood? Place. Oh, yeah. Smoke. Inside so the burger? So does it matter? Mm -hmm. Do you, are you it, It's not overwhelming, wood, but you can you? tell well, that it was smoked. We use, oh. uh, we, usually, like, the saying goes for, like, any barbecue restaurant is you use what you have available. So whatever is, like. So here's oak. There's a lot of oak, so we use it. Like when when we Hence the when name. I was in Colorado, they used a lot of uh, What's I think blue? cherry and apple. Yeah, something like that. Or cherry. Yeah, it's one of those fruit woods. Fruit woods is like more of a mild smoke flavor. Mm -hmm. Oak is a little stronger. Huh. And then hickory is like the farthest end of the spectrum. Or mesquite, mesquite, and then hickory. And uh, so like oak leaves a good smoke flavor, but it's not too overpowering. Huh. So that's it's pretty good. I mean, and the smoke is okay. in the kitchen. So every now and then, they when they open it up, like leaves a nice smell in the bar. It's like nice. makes you hungry. Yeah. Usually, sometimes we'll have the hood going. We'll sometimes we'll just cut it off and let like the smoke kind of like resonate <laughs> to the bar, and people be like, if people aren't ordering <laughs> off burgers, you know, like, yeah, people are right. just like, what's what's going on? Uh, so do you come up, come up and order at a? Is there a window or is it a? Usually, uh, you just order with the bartenders. We've got, like, menus placed around okay. the bar, and uh, you just order with the bartender. So we it's a kitchen the in the back. We can't see you. Yeah, it's kind of it's in the back a little bit. You okay. know, we're, you, we can, like, poke our head out and look out the window every now and again and see who's out there. But for the most part, we're kind of hidden in the back. Every now and again, we'll have, like, a little dance party in the kitchen. Some, <laughs> some friends will come back there, and we'll, it'll be, like, a little pseudo party. But, uh, huh. yeah, I mean. So Stitcher get his burgers for free? No. But the bartenders have to pay for <laughs> Next the time well. spouse. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I, I I do pay for all my food, but it's worth he is, it. He is a great patron, though. He, uh, yes. He always comes and, and orders from us, and we always appreciate it. But if it wasn't good, I wouldn't do it. He doesn't force it. It comes naturally. Yeah, it comes natural. So, Dave, besides throwing darts and... Uh, what are the other things we do there? And kickball. Kickball. And drinking. And, and hanging out with your wife. Do you have a day job? What's your day job? Uh, my day job. Um, well, I'm, I'm an archaeologist. Of course. But um, I, I got to the age where uh, I got too old, basically. Because, I mean, you're digging holes every day. You're doing a lot of walking. And that's kind of a young man's job. Plus, I'm married. I didn't like being gone all the time. So now I, um, I'm the map maker so to speak so I, I guess I'm an archaeological cartographer so uh, I just I sit wow. in an office I was and not so expecting cool. that that is really interesting you look at him you go there's an archaeological Scream. cartographer Screaming. yeah well you know so it, it pays the bills 
Um, and it has its moments. Um, and then when I'm not doing that, you know, I'm doing, I'm hanging with the Elvi, Lions Carnival Club. That's another thing, actually, out of grits. Lions also, Carnival Club. Also coincidence. I'm, I'm wearing rolling, I'm rolling Elvi too. I wear a rolling Elvi t-shirt tonight. First time in the eight-month history of the show or something like that. I've worn an El- rolling Elvi stuff. Well, and one you, walks in as the guest. I guess. Uh, it was you, just meant to be. I guess you knew somehow, yeah, somehow. subconsciously yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that I'd be here. So All that's right. pretty cool. That's Sixth Sense. Yeah. The Elvi Sixth Sense. That's it. Wait, so the Lions Club also meets there? Yeah, that's the, it's the home base for the Lions Carnival Club. Wow. Which and is, what is uh, the Lions Carnival Club? The Lions Club? Carnival Club, um, if you're familiar with the Buzzards, who are a, uh, a marching club for on Mardi Gras Day, um, there used to be a lot more of the, I mean, they're the oldest. They started in like the 1890s. It's kind of crew de style stuff well, a long sorta. time ago, I mean, right? It, it's essentially every neighborhood in the city had its own marching club. And Mardi Gras Day, they'd all get together and march around the city and parade um lions club started on lion street which is I, th- I think that the original clubhouse is like right across the street which is now the veterans of foreign wars hall or something now um anyway so uh every mardi gras day we uh meet up there at like at grits bar at like six seven in the morning and we march through the neighborhoods and eventually hit st charles and do the whole parade route all the way to the quarter and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice because for all, like, the shut-ins and, like, people who can't go out, all the elderly in the neighborhood who can't really get a taste of Mardi Gras and Mardi Gras Day, we kind of bring it to them, to their front door. So are you there the same time that the parades are going on in St. Charles? Or uh, no? Well, we, it, when we started at 7, we eventually hit uh, St. Charles about 8 or 9, and we end up waiting on Jackson for Zulu. So once Zulu finishes, we pull in behind them and then so we're kind of in between rex and zulu so uh it's it's us um the buzzards and uh, the corner club huh. and we're all kind of meshed together in one big group we have how a bandwagon how many how many of you are there uh morning Gras day is probably like about 60? 60 70 strong and you know we'll have a, we have a bandwagon we have um a marching band that marches on the street with us you know, traditional, old school, like tunics. Huh. Yeah, it's fun. I really enjoy a, it. A buddy of ours, or a buddy of ours, you know, Nelson. Yeah, Nelson. Uh, he he went. And, this is his first year. He tried to do the Lions Club thing. And he marched with them, and he he rides in Toth every year. And he said it was like, bar none, like the best like carnival experience he's had, like being in a parade. Well, you're on the street with yeah. the people. You so know, you're, you're not on a float like looking down at them and throwing stuff to them. You're like talking to them and. Handing them flowers and huh. so, what's the average age in your group? Oh, it ranges from. Uh, I mean, probably our oldest there's seventies, late seventies. Uh, youngest, I mean, some of our banner boys this year were probably in their mid-teens. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, but you know, it, sadly, it's that kind of thing is dying out. You know, I mean, we we we're trying to push hard to get more young kids into it because, I mean. Another generation might die out if you don't keep it going. You right, know? right. So, unfortunately, I don't have kids to provide myself to the <laughs> club, but, you know, we're, we're doing our best. Right. Now, how long have <laughs> you been in the Elvi? You've been since the I've, second year? I've, I've been there since pretty much the beginning. I mean, me and Macon, who founded it, Macon and Dave, I mean, we're all really good friends. Um, actually, the very first year... Uh, didn't have the money to actually get my wheels, but um, Macon had a like a '63 Galaxy 500 convertible, 
So um, I was essentially Elvis's chauffeur that year. <laughs> I threw on, I have this uh, like vintage 50s tuxedo with a frilly shirt, had my afro on, and uh, I drove Elvis. And uh, unfortunately, the car overheated because there was some trouble with the parade. It stalled out for a while. Car overheated, so I had to pull it out because I didn't. It wasn't worth killing his car over, you know. But was that uh, Muses from the very first year or no? That was the very first year of Muses, yeah, or the very first year for us riding in Muses. I think oh. it was Muses's maybe second or third year. Wow. Speaking so. of Muses, we get have to get to the book of questions, the oh, yeah. Muse of the show. No, not this really. Will, but this will set the tone for the rest of your life after you read this. Yeah, this yes. Question. So this is where, uh, Ronnie, you you can start. You have to pick a number between one and one hundred and sixty-three, and uh, you must answer the question that you. Okay. You can lie choose. to us, but you got to answer. So I was thinking seventy-two or ninety-seven. Seventy-two. We'll go with your gut, your okay. first number. Sounds good. If you could have free, unlimited service for five years from an extremely good cook, chauffeur, housekeeper, masseuse, or personal secretary, which would you choose? Well, that's a no-brainer, the cook. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a five-year vacation then. Yeah, yeah just take over. I'm, see you later. Not a masseuse so that you... Uh, I mean, you know, that would be uh, my last choice, Mrs. Okay. That's like an hour day tops. Beyond that, yeah, you break yeah. bones. Unlimited right? service, unlimited. Yeah, but your body can only take so much massage. Happy ending. What if you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, what if wow. they're what if they're creepy though? I mean, well, they're good but creepy. Well, then, well five years of a creepy guy touching you could be pretty good. weird. It's yeah, extremely good. Extremely good but creepy. If you like creepy. It, it says extremely good, so well, it it's could be extremely good whatever you want. It'd be like Mr. Miyagi, like giving you like <laughs> world class massage or something. I'd yeah, creepy good housekeeper you can put up with. A creepy good cook you can put up with. You don't just stick them in the kitchen. You don't see them. Yeah. A creepy good masseuse is like I don't care if they're good. They're like they're, they're creepy. creepy and they got their hands all over me. <laughs> all right, so you wouldn't put pick the masseuse. That we would got be my last I'm, choice. I think that's probably last for a lot of people. Yeah. Or our other options. Uh, housekeeper, masseuse, chauffeur, personal secretary. I mean, housekeeper, you can only do so much cleaning, too. Yeah. How oh, clean can something I, be? I, I would definitely go house cleaner. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm lazy that so way. So you eat at Grits, so you don't need a good cook. Yeah, I, you, I, right. Like, a couple yeah, nights go, a right. week. Or, 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 We've got that covered. Personal secretary would be pretty did, cool, though. Did you, you just say hook? Your wife? Like eight hooker? hours a day. Did, did you, you just hooker? I think you said hooker. I said hook. Cook, hook, hook. You said hooker. Come on. Shame Is on that you, a Ray. Freudian slip a there? Slip. Well, you were saying the okay. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. What's your favorite number? Uh, let's see. Uh, what 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 are mine? What's from one to what? Uh, one hundred and sixty-three. Let's go one hundred and sixty-three. Okay. If there were a public execution on television, would you watch it? Absolutely. <laughs> Without a doubt. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, There's nothing else good on TV. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> people like watching car wrecks, and that's the only reason why they watch NASCAR. It's kind of the same thing. Now, yes, it's a little creepy, and maybe it would depend on the type of execution. Like if lethal were injection or electrocution. Lethal injection would probably be kind of boring. Well, what if they they're like drawing? Yeah, is yeah. there like drawing quartering them though? That that'd be kind of gruesome, Ooh. you know, or like disemboweling or. <laughs> Jeez. 
Beheading? That's always kind of freaky. I yeah. think we have a new reality show. Yeah, yeah well. Burned at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> that would, yeah, that would, that would be tough to watch. Well, it depends. Well, neither one of there's, these questions were hard to There's three ways to burn somebody at the stake, right? The best way... Are we sure you can talk about this now? You what? You can talk about burning at the well, stake. Well, actually, there's one. Like. There's one burning that fits you have in. To smoke them though. There's one burning that fits into the conversation because uh, at some point in prehistory, in history, I think the Greeks, maybe maybe the Romans, they had this huge bowl that they would put people in and then slowly cook them in it, and like the screams would like resonate out and sound like the bowl like making bowl noises. From a distance, I don't know what they got. I mean, they they set the whistle like kind of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the apparatus, like whatever was the opening was. You so could hear, you could hear it was, people it was a bull tone. Yeah, screams would be translated to bull tones. This big huge so metal inside bowl. they're going, oh crap, I'm burning, and it yeah. comes out like whatever. Exactly, <laughs> that that happened. Well, see, that's supposedly. why I say you, you just gotta let them talk. Have you ever <laughs> stuck <laughs> up a out. Greek? <laughs> Uh, no, I'm I'm Is all Greece. I'm I'm all uh, I'm all North American archaeology. <laughs> That's so much more interesting than my three kind of burning stories. I was going to tell you. Thank I have you. found dead people, Go which ahead, is never fun. No, no, it'll be anticlimactic after that. Yeah, but anyway, I'll tell you after we get off the mic. So yeah, let's not talk about killing people anymore. That's just <laughs> a little depressing. Wow, we should no. We should so what kind of stuff do you find in the southeast? Um, yeah, what well, is the most exciting? Thing oh, yeah, yeah uh, I always get that discovered. question. I hate this question. Okay, um, okay, forget it. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, well, that you could. Well, we I do contract archaeology. So, in the 70s, there were federal laws put in place that if uh, there's federal money being moved or being spent to move dirt, essentially, you have to do a cultural impact study. So, um, we do work for like the f- um, pipeline companies because they're regulated by the FERC, um, highway departments. Uh, the Army Corps of Engineers, FEMA. Um, I mean, recently we did a whole. S- we've been surveying pretty much every house in New Orleans recently. Um, but yeah, so Have you surveyed mine yet? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've, <laughs> we've, we've hit that one already. Um, so um, anyway, uh, you know, we anything that's 50 years old is eligible for the National Register, which is kind of ridiculous. Insane. That's insane. Why 50 years? That's always been. That's always been the rule. And it made sense, you know, in, in the 70s when that was 1920. Yeah. But now that it's like, what, 1973 and like. So that cinder block piece of crap across the street from me on Henry. That, that, that could be the National Historic Register. Chances are it won't be. But, you know, if I'm applying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you came across where, uh, black in front of it. where like Jimmy Carter and his brother were drinking Billy beer and like a peanut field you know that could be eligible i guess maybe but i don't know so anyway uh coolest thing i've ever found uh, that's that's a tough one um lots of cool pottery lots of cool tools from uh, the, the thing that i like finding honestly is tools that were broken that you know they spent a lot of time on and you can almost feel the cursing when you find it. You can almost hear it from thousands of years ago. That, that kind of pushes my buttons. I, I found this uh, broken addle addle once. Uh, a broken it's a, what? It's a... Wi- addle addle? Uh, yeah, before, um, before the bow and arrow, they had um, spears, basically. And to throw the spears, they had this technology called the addle addle, which is an Aztec word, and it's basically a spear thrower. So it's like a stick about three feet long with a hook on it and a weight. And it basically 
gives you more leverage and more power behind the throw. So you can get the spear going three times faster than if you just threw it by hand. Huh. So um, when I was in um, college, I found a, a, one of the weights that had broken, and it was smooth. This, was, this thing was like 4,000 years old, green stone, nice and polished. And to drill the hole in it is basically stick, sand, water, and time. And just sitting there, and you eventually get a hole through it. And, you know, so when you break something like that, you're going to get upset. I mean, once you're done with the first one, you start making the next one because you know you're going to break it eventually, you know. But, yeah. So that, that was one of the things that really pushed my buttons, I guess. Oh, neat. Well, I know, like, in Rome, they've never been able to put a subway in because they can't go more than about 10 feet till they hit, you know, oh, yeah. a catacomb or something. Yeah, it's and, everywhere uh, there. Every, it could shut down, and they have to do a big archaeology dig. Yeah, yeah. It's when I was in Princeton, like they were, they were building a library, and we found a cannonball from the Battle of Princeton. Wow. And um, no one told anybody because it would have shut down the library construction. So, yeah, they just, that so we just stuck it in the archive, and then when it was all done, they said, oh, by the way, we found this cannonball, and they put it in a display case. Who did? Um, did you boss. just out... Some, uh, yeah, so he's, he's 85. He's living in Indiana now. Nobody cares. Uh, His yeah, name is so Bill Harris. And yeah, so you just admitted to a federal crime. That's <laughs> good, good times there, Ray. Is, is there is there a statute of <laughs> limitation on that? Um, that's kind of illegal, yeah. But oh, all right. Anyway, so that's let's illegal. Well, was there federal money being spent on the project? I don't know. I doubt it was Princeton. They got all their own money, right? Yeah. Well, we'll pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> so, Ronnie, what is the strangest tool that you've used in for cooking Ooh, is there any there's always like barbecue is like so kind of backyard like I'm trying to think of something because I know I've used it have you ever uh, is there any smokers that people have to use like bellows or Blow into no, we use something like, or use uh, like to stoke a fire. You'd use like what do you like call Isn't those that things? That's, like, that's, that's a bellows. That's a bellows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I've used that before, like to stoke a fire. Uh, if you have like an intern it. at uh, Grits, you could uh, get one of those and see yeah, that, that. Exactly. See how that one worked too. <laughs> Work out just fine, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, we haven't gotten too crazy. I mean, that's that's really. An interesting question. Well, people are famous for making smokers out of everything, right? Like people yeah, just love. You can go on inter- on the internet and find hundreds of different household items that have been converted into smokers. Yeah, like it's usually like cottage industry. The customary one is a. Uh, it's basically like a big old propane tank. Like I don't know, probably like three or four hundred gallons, I guess. Ours is a, we've, our our trailer smoker is probably about that size, and it's like a huge tank, and you you know you weld it with doors, and you put some. Uh, some grates in it so you can put, lay down your meat and you get like a little firebox and I mean basically you just make it out of whatever like if you see something metal that would be good for like like good combustion and stuff like that's a great place like way to do it uh, is there just, a I'm going to make mine in the shape of a bull is <laughs> there like a I'm community? sure there is barbecue there's like <laughs> well such played, a sir. huge maybe a pig uh, instead of a bull following <laughs> for barbecue like there's so everyone has their own techniques everyone has their own sauce their style like there's Carolina, there's Kansas City, there's Texan uh, style barbecue. So like, there really isn't one in Louisiana. There's have no you, like defined style of barbecue in Louisiana. Have you participated in Hogs for a Cause? We did. We did. Uh, last year was our first one. Uh, What'd you make? You suffered a crushing defeat, apparently, or you'd be bragging we, about it by now. We did. Yeah, I'd, I'd be <laughs> raving about it. It'd be the first thing I'd say on on, on the show. But uh, competition was fierce, though. I think it was. There was like 80 teams. 
uh, Company Burger and Cowbell had one. There's like a there's like super teams like Patois and Boucherie and a couple other ones. I think they uh, won. Three out of those four places you named, we've had them on the show. Yeah, yeah. I, there was like some like they had some pretty serious teams, and it was like me and Phil and a bunch of friends, and uh, we did okay. Like we could have done better, but you know, it was our first time. We uh, we our best was like 13th in Whole Hog, and I thought it was I thought it That's was pretty good. I thought it was damn good. I, I yeah. mean. You're pretty but, proud of that. Uh, you know, we're, next year we're going to nail, like we've figured out some You've already stuff started planning for next year? Oh, day after we're working on it. I hope you uh, sent out spies to check out on all the other people that they were doing. Saboteurs. Put on like a fake mustache, like, <laughs> and just go in there and see what's <laughs> up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's Hogs the Cause. We raised a lot of money, so it was good. Uh, I think we raised like four or $5,000, which is like pretty decent for what we did. And, uh, it was, it was fun. Did y'all make it out there? I couldn't. Unfortunately, I had another commitment. But yeah, I didn't make it this year, but last year I did. But I'll, I'll, I'm gonna look for event. you next year. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be there for sure. I mean, that's uh, that's our wheelhouse. So we, I think we'll have a better showing next year. Figure out some ins and outs. And, and, and it must be a bonding experience, don't y'all? Is it two days now? Like you, you, it's uh, you, you get do there it overnight. You get there Friday and set up, and you start cooking. Basically, like. You check in all your meat, and they want to make sure that you haven't, like, tampered the meat, like, brined it or injected it yet. Uh, so oh, it's got to all be raw. It's like the Olympics. They got, like, there's, like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, like, cheating. It gets pretty serious. There's, like, a, a, a buttload of uh, judges, and, like, I think they'll have a Who judges? It sounds like everybody well, in the like, city. That they have a circuit of, like, judges. Like, you'll be, like, ah. a, you can get, like, verified as, like, a professional judge. And they'll bring them in, and then they'll have, like, celebrity judges, kind of like a food critic from New Orleans uh-huh. or whatever. Uh, and they'll do it, too. So, I mean, there's people that, like, oh, this tastes great, but it's not necessarily, like, barbecue kind of, I guess. Uh-huh. And then, like, the judges will be looking more for, like, the traditional barbecue, like, like I guess, like, smoke and, like, texture and color. And, like, there's some things that they look for. So, it's it's, like pretty intense uh i was in charge like me and a, a, a friend of mine were in charge of handling all the judging So like every time we had a plate like you have to set down a plate of like like lettuce and stuff and make it look all pretty in like a to-go box and it's just like you don't know what the judges are going to look at and how they're so it's it's kind of interesting it's a little intense but uh it was fun we had a good time now is, now is Grit still having trouble from from uh, lately from zoning or something? Wasn't there a neighborhood issue that bubbled up all of a sudden? They've been there a hundred years or something, right? Yeah, yeah. they've been there forever. Uh, there's like I think there's some like neighborhood uh, kind of like some people in the neighborhood aren't like it's not. I think there's just like a few people that are just kind of making, making is, yeah. some noise. You know, they're like making a lot more noise than like the people that don't mind it. So I mean, it's. I think it's an ongoing thing, usually, with these, yeah. like, neighborhood bars, like, parasols. Well, it's the, it's like the classic, you move next to the airport and complain about the right. fact that right. airplanes <laughs> are flying <laughs> over your house. Yeah. Like, all yeah. neighborhood bars are starting to get, like, somewhat, like, attacked by neighbor. Like, neighborhoods are starting to get nicer, and people are moving in and say, well, we're right. moved in here, so you got to do something different. But 
you know, who was there first. So well, I just see a pattern. It's the ones that are on the fringes that aren't in the commercial areas that have been getting a lot more right. trouble. If you go through the list of the ones that have been getting it lately, Mimi's and Irony, so forth, it's all the ones that have, like, that. to me, those are the best kind of bars in New Orleans are the ones that That's are what nestled makes, in the neighborhoods. Yeah, I love That's it. That's what, like, makes, like, New Orleans, like, yeah, New Orleans, you know, right. Yeah. And it, you know, and it seems like those one or two cranky neighbors everybody ignored. Now all of a sudden they're getting attention from a few of our politicians, and it's getting a little disturbing. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it's uh, not good. But Grits isn't officially in any kind of big trouble, right? I don't think not, so. I mean, it's it's an ongoing thing, but it's it, I don't think there's any like impending doom or anything. So it's no. uh, we don't I need to start the fine. save Grits movement no, today I, or anything I, on this I show. Think we'll, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> we'll yeah, so I was. To get off topic, which this is extremely off topic, but me and Dave were having a drink over there, and I was talking about the transition of facial, facial uh, hair that this guy's had since yeah. I first met him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just shaved off my mustache on Saturday due to uh, uh, charity, essentially. Uh, <laughs> Court order. Yeah, well, my, <laughs> my kickball league is renowned for raising money, and uh, a friend of mine with a beard and me with my mustache uh, challenged the league that if they raised seven grand in eight weeks that we would shave off our mustache and beard and we ended up with nine thousand five hundred dollars wow so i had this nice like raleigh fingers mustache yeah. nice curls you on wax that and everything uh waxed it yes the, the good old mustache wax um kayla like it she loved it um in fact i used the last bit of wax in the tube the day i shaved it off so i guess it, in a way it kind of worked out it's fitting uh, but uh yeah i do that you know Fu Manchus, full beards. Well, I've been with you twice where you've gotten your head shaved before. And if yes. I may say, that's a little less of a sacrifice for you, probably. True, true. <laughs> than the mustache. Yeah, I, I don't have that much hair, so. <laughs> I think you did another one a couple months ago, right? You do it for St. Baldrick. St. Baldrick's. Which is actually why I couldn't make it to Hogs for the, the cause. Oh, because you're doing your thing. Yeah, that was the same day that I was shaving my head for St. Baldrick. Substituting one chair. Let me tell you, that is gutsy, but bad. I will never, ever, ever, ever shave my head willingly. If I'm not having brain surgery, well, I'm you, keeping you my hair. You have nice hair, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how much longer I got it for, so I'm, you know. You got you to keep gotta, it gotta, while you got I'm it. riding that. Yeah, what happens if some... Somebody with beautiful hair, Elvis-esque hair like yourself, starts to lose it. Do you do a... What do you do? Well, there's always wigs. True. There's a hair club. (laughs) (laughs) For men. Yes. I'm hoping they'll cure a baldness before I get it. That's what I'm hoping. Yes. I'm hoping. I'm I'm struggling myself. I know. I don't have much else going for me left, so just that, you know, I want to keep my hair. Gene therapy. Let's get it done. (laughs) Uh, Well, listen, I think we're out of time, unfortunately. I went by fast. Um... Thank you so much for coming. We're gonna we're gonna post uh, grits and the Blue Oak has a website as well, right? Uh, Blue Oak, it's blueoaknola.com. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, Blue Oak Nola, and also on Instagram. We've got pretty much whatever kind of social media I guess and you Facebook could offer. We yeah, Facebook, all all of them. Hey, or Monday through Thursday from six thirty to eleven, and then Friday Saturday open till four. All right. So it's uh I can't wait to doozy. come in and I'm gonna, try I'm dying it. for that smoked burger. I can't believe I ate there and didn't get the smoked burger. I've eaten like two or three times, you know, and didn't Yeah, I mean, come try it. I, I, I think it's, you know, it's... It was a little bleary-eyed. I couldn't read so. the menu. I don't know why, how I missed that. <laughs> that, that, that seems like... It, that, that would be in big font. I hope you got that in big font on the menu. Oh, it's on there. That. You, you will not be disappointed. Cool. Can't wait. You got something to plug? Anything? Uh... No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I did forget to mention, we do a lot of catering. 
too. Oh, uh, that's good to know. It's a lot of pulled pork. It's mostly traditional stuff. We do like uh, pulled pork and do some turkey and ribs and brisket. Wings Brisket's too. kind of out of our wheelhouse, but we're getting better at it every day. So, uh, so do people call or can we like email yeah, you, uh, in an order? The best, way to, the best way to get it is to go to blueoaknola.com slash catering. And there's a little form. And we've got a menu. Uh, check it out. Like uh, we've d- we do parties as big as like a you know a couple thousand, and you know do some for 10, 15 people. So it's uh, you know we, we range, and it's and barbecue is great for catering. So uh, check us out. Excellent. Well, well, thank you, Ronnie Evans, Blue Oak of Grits, and thank you, uh, David Stitcher, archaeologist, cartologist, dart thrower. Uh, kickballer, Lions Club marcher, Rolling Elvi, and uh, one of the five declared officially one of the five most interesting people walking the earth today. Um, we are going to have Agreed. to wrap up now. Our show's recorded live each week at Ted's Frost Up in Claiborne and Calhoun in Uptown New Orleans. Ted is open seven days a week serving first class burgers, beer, and their awesome homemade root beer in a frosty mug. Midnight Menu Plus One is produced by Grant Morris. Our technical director has been Chris Keogh. The fabulous audio quality we have today is not... No, wait. Oh, it is presented by PreSonus Audio. Oh, okay. All right, great. Uh, Chris Keogh is our technical director. The fabulous audio quality of the show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sound products, including Studio One music production software, Studio Live, digital mixing consoles, Eris Studio Monitors, and all kinds of other stuff I don't know anything about, but sound really impressive. Visit presonus.com for more information. You can get in touch with us here at Midnight Menu Plus One by going to our website. That is itsneworleans.com, itsneworleans.com. From there, you can follow us on Twitter, find us on Facebook, sign up for our mailing list. And listen, while you're at itsneworleans.com, you can listen to other episodes of Midnight Menu Plus One, as well as other our other shows, Happy Hour, Mindset, True to the Game, Win Win, and Out to Lunch. And if you're listening to the show right now on iTunes, thank you for subscribing. And maybe you could just take a minute to rate us and review us. That helps other people find us. Midnight Menu Plus One is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. Until we meet again here at Ted's Frost Top, I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margo Moss. Good night. Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer, now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.